Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Better strap yourself in. It's time for the Howie Car Show. Yesterday in the House State Committee, we spent about 15 minutes discussing why we should recognize 2023 as the Taylor Swift era in Pennsylvania. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. Now to the latest significant development in the 2024 presidential race. Donald Trump has been barred from the ballot in the state of Maine for his actions surrounding January 6th. Uh, That it is unprecedented. No secretary of state has ever deprived a presidential candidate of ballot access based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. You have to listen to her talk like this, you know, where everything has a question mark at the end of it, with an upward inflection at the end of every sentence. She based her ruling on a lot of documents, but also YouTube clips, news reports, things that would never pass the bar. Rump swabs, hacks, and moon bats beware. It's... Howie Carr. Welcome to the Howie Carr Show. It is my distinct honor and privilege to present to you Dr. Matt Callahan of the Ipswich Animal Hospital. Dr. Matt, how are you? Terrific, Taylor. How are you? Great. Have a nice Christmas. Wonderful Christmas. And how are all the animals at the Ipswich Animal Hospital? You know, they're all still getting sick, which is uh, why we're there. (laughs) That's right. Dr. Matt, the vet on the Howie Carr Show, is brought to you by Give, Send, Go. In a world where selective agendas prevail, Give, Send, Go stands as a beacon of hope. Whether you or someone you know requires funds for medical, legal, or pet bills, Give, Send, Go is here to help. They don't charge a fee. You decide how much to give. And every dollar goes directly to those in need. Join the global movement at GiveSendGo.com. Empower yourself and others to raise funds for what truly matters. Visit GiveSendGo.com now. That's GiveSendGo.com. So this is a time of year where um, even against advice of people who know better, people get pets for their loved ones. Right. At Christmas time, they may be dogs, cats, rabbits, uh, they run the gamut of what they are, but um, a lot of inexperienced people become pet owners for the first time. What's uh, some always exciting? Sage advice for them. Well, you know, I think that it's it's interesting that um, to see pet owners sort of mature, right? And um, and I think it's a good prelude to having children and stuff like that. Hopefully, you get you work out the kinks yeah. on the pet. And uh, but yeah, the 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 things of that that pet owners sometimes for the first time don't get is you know that there's a there's an expense to owning pets and even when they get a you know i always a friend of mine years ago told me he got a free cat and i had a good laugh at that and he didn't understand the joke about six months later he understood the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's an expense and you know they they need fairly much constant care and feeding and all that sort of stuff and sometimes that's a stressor on new pet new pet owners one of my best friends got a puppy just a few days before christmas so i said well it's been nice knowing you <laughs> i'm not gonna see you again the dog they, they require a lot of care somebody's got to be home with it when they're that young they, right they can't take them out everywhere because they're not trained yet uh it's it's uh it's a mess but we're not here to talk about me we're here to talk about the callers and what they have for questions for dr matt also you can text in your questions 
Text Howie, followed by your question, to 617-213-1066. That's 617-213-1066. Gina, you're first with Dr. Matt, the vet, on the Howie Car Show. Of a 22-year-old cat. Nice. You know, up until about the last year, she was doing really well, but then she had some paralysis, and she's recovered from that, and the vet has given her phrenophrene, and I give it to her twice a day, just a little squirt in her mouth. But she, it seems to be, like, really disoriented. Right. And almost like she has dementia. She'll walk around the house walking into things, and then she'll just, like, kind of stop and stare off into space. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there's anything else I can do for her. Right. Well, I think a lot of the problems is, and and I kind of joke with some of my clients that have very, very aged uh, dogs and cats, is that it should be show ponies and rainbows at this point, but it's just not. You know, dealing with elderly pets is tough. Elderly pets suffer many of the same problems that elderly people do. And, um, and so dementia is certainly a problem with cats. Cats um, and dogs can get um, can have strokes. They can. You may not ever see the, you know, the outward damage that a stroke can do. But if cats are getting paralyzed, I'm assuming in the back end, back leg paralysis. Yeah. yeah. So that quite often is a is a sign that uh, there's blood clots in the system. So, absolutely yes, dementia is a problem, and this is amongst the other things that you deal with when you have a 22 year old cat. But what I would suggest is that, uh, you know, sort of shrink the world a little bit, um, you know, give them small rooms with good lighting and a lot of cushions because they're going to be falling over. So if you can find a small, comfortable room where they have food, water and litter, I think that makes the most sense that you can keep well lit because, you know, they're going to have trouble with their vision at this point and trouble with their coordination at this point. Thank you very much for the call, Gina. 844-500-4242. New Year's Eve coming up. People have been asking me all day to ask you about <laughs> giving their dog a celebratory beverage. Oh, really? I yes. Did. No. <laughs> <laughs> do not do it. Right. The uh, You know, you can't trust their behavior, just like you can't trust people's behavior after a celebratory beverage. You can't certainly can't trust your But they dog. make they make special yeah. stuff for pets, right? I don't know. I've been, they make like, like cat wine. Like and Kitty Prosecco? Or, yes. Yeah, I did not, I was unaware of that. <laughs> I would say, you know, if it doesn't have alcohol in it or marijuana in it, you know, go ahead and give it. Oh. If not, not. Um, avoid it. Rita, you're next on the Howie Car Show with Dr. Matt the Vet. Go ahead, Rita. Oh, hi, Dr. Matt and, uh, and uh, Taylor. Thank you very much. Um, I have a question about my 14-year-old cat, uh, Vinny, uh, I know, I think I called about him once before. But anyways, um, right uh, about, I would say, uh, a, a month or so ago, uh, right before I was leaving for Florida, and I came back, but he was very, very sick. So uh, we had to have all these tests run, and I told him I was going away. So my husband, my husband was staying home anyways to take care of him. But all they could prescribe at the moment was the... Um, the prednisolone... Prednisolone, uh, tablet. Sure. yeah. Right. Yeah, t- twice a day in a little pill pocket and one syringe of doxycycline. Okay. Because they, his blood work showed he was very, very anemic, and he had yellow eyes, yellow in the ear. Uh, they said, oh, my gosh, his numbers, I don't know what the numbers are, but right. like a cat's normal numbers are 30, and his was like 10. Yep. So she okay. said, oh, my gosh. So 
they were talking to me about putting them down, which we were discussing. And my husband said, no, no, just um, give the medicine. I don't want to be alone, you know, during the time you're gone. So anyway, we get, and, and now he's all better. I mean, okay. I just, I still don't know really, really what he had. had. Oh, and I spent a lot of money with uh, ultrasound and all right. this stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what he has. Okay. Is he still on prednisolone is or better? is he off? No, he has to be on it for another like four weeks. Okay, yeah. So I'm I'm going to make some assumptions here. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. But if you're if someone's putting your cat on on prednisolone for anemia, which is what it sounds like, then they're tr- trying to treat your cat for immune mediated hemolytic anemia, and that is just as it says, it's mediated by the immune system. So. Some very smart person, physician or veterinarian, I don't know who, years ago said, well, let's try shutting off their immune system and see what that does. And as it turns out, it works. Then you have to recheck them as they as you take them off the drug. So they're, um, Vinny's basically now addicted to prednisolone, so you have to take him off slowly, and you have to recheck his condition as he comes off the prednisone to, to ensure that his immune system is not is not after his red cells again. I do think it makes sense in many cases to do stuff like x-rays and ultrasound and blood work because you want to find out the underlying reason. Sometimes we find out and sometimes we don't. But that's that's where you stand. I don't have any problems with what's been done so far. Thank you, Rita, for the call. Debbie, you're next with Dr. Matt, the vet on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Debbie. Hi, thank you. Um, I have a question. I have a nine-month-old Little Corgi, I love her to death. She's sweet, but she is the worst dog I've ever had for chewing. She will chew the shoes off her feet while I'm sitting next to her. Right. She chews everything. I don't know how to distract her from the chewing. Right. Um, so I think at nine months, that's a pretty common thing. It's kind of a puppy thing. So there's a couple things you can try. Obviously, I always half-jokingly say puppies will puppy-proof your house. You know, if you think you can leave it out, leave it out and find out. And uh, and so in this case, you want to provide uh, your corgi with a couple of chew toys, not 20, um, because then your shoes are just 21 and 22. So I would say no more than two or three chew toys out at any one time and use that to play with them and to try to induce him to, to, um, to chew what you want him to chew. The other thing is you can, you know, get some of the energy out of a corgi by taking them out and exercising them. So if um, if you're not out there getting some walks in for them, you need to just to, to get some of the energy out of them and offer them healthy chewing alternatives other than your shoes. They've got short little legs. How far can they walk? That's the great thing about them because they're not biomechanic. Yeah. You, you know, it's not like you're <laughs> exercising a greyhound. Yeah. Thanks very much for the call, Debbie. Eric, you're next with Dr. Matt, the vet on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Eric. Hi, how you doing? Uh, Dr. Matt, I have a uh, Borer Boreal, and I'm wondering about cranial cruciate ligament rupture. Okay. What are you worried about? Does your dog have it? or? Uh, the, I went to a vet, and he said he did the, what, the draw test? Yeah. Draw test? Mm-hmm. So your dog was lame. Your dog was lame, and you brought him to the vet. Yeah, okay. and he said, "Well, his uh, that ligament's torn." Yep. And I don't understand how you can tell just by do. I mean, 
It's pretty straightforward. The the, what happens is the anterior cruciate ligament in the dog works the same as it does in the person. It's the same joint. It's the same ligament. And what it does is it prevents your tibia from being able to be moved forward on your femur. So what the vet will do is they'll hold on to the femur and they'll try to pull the tibia forward. The ligament should prevent that from happening. So if your dog was lame in that leg and he did it and he got a positive drawer sign, the only reason to be positive for a cranial drawer is your anterior cruciate ligaments not working. And so, you know, vets are pretty good at diagnosing it. If you have any questions, bring them to the orthopedic surgeon because that's your next stop. So bring them to the orthopedic surgeon and say, do you agree? And the ortho, and because it's a, it's a surgical procedure. So you really need to go get an expert. Thanks very much, Eric. Again, you can text in your questions as well if the, the lines are full right now. So text in your questions Text Howie, followed by your question, to the number 617-213-1066, 617-213-1066. We'll take a short break. We'll come back and answer those questions. Dr. Matt is in the house. Uh, how can people get a hold of you, Dr. Matt? They can call me at the Ipswich Animal Hospital at 978-948-8189. Excellent. We'll be right back. This is the Howie Car Show. Adding your two cents is easier than ever. Call Howie at 844-500-4242 or text the word Howie followed by your message to 617-213-1066. You're listening to the Howie Car Show. Howie loves my pillows products. He sleeps with their pillows, wears their slippers, dries off with their towels, and now you can enjoy all of their products with great discounts by using the code Howie at mypillow.com. From pillows, towels, slippers, and even their Giza dream sheets, go to mypillow.com and use code Howie for amazing discounts. Jared, what is the poll question? What are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at HowieCarshow.com, is how would you describe these efforts to remove Trump from primary ballots? An effort to save democracy or an effort to destroy democracy? An effort to destroy. Back up to 98% now. It'll do. Say it's an effort to destroy. <laughs> Thanks very much. You always get a couple of nonconformists, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be right there with them, too. I'm, I'm a nonconformist, you know, just somebody that doesn't want to go along with the flow. Paul, you are next on the Howie Car Show with Dr. Matt, the vet of the Ipswich Animal Hospital. Not the Manimal Hospital, the Animal Hospital. Paul, go ahead. Hi, Doc. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I've got a um, three-year-old mixed-breed um, Australian cattle dog. Mm-hmm. Very active. Yep. Weighs about 70 pounds or so. Big guy. Um, very active guy. Something really strange two nights ago. We had company over, and we put the dog down in his crate for a little while where he sleeps all night. Um, but something strange happened to his tail. All of a sudden, normally he would wag his tail like a crazy person. Yeah. But now um, his, his tail is almost limp. Right. And it definitely is, just, is uncomfortable for him. He yeah. doesn't want to sit really on it. Right, and um, there's almost a little divot, like where his tail would go in his in his hind. Okay, um, 
What do you think that might be? Or so, have you seen something like that? Yeah, so there's a couple of possibilities here. There actually is a condition in dogs called limp tail, and more amongst the retriever population than the cattle dog population. Is there a little blue pill they can take for that? Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, so, yes, but that usually has to do with being cold or being outside in the cold. I don't see, see that, that that might have happened. Another possibility is he got it caught in something and pulled it so hard that he started to pull it out. So I've definitely had dogs that have been hit by a car or got their tail caught in a door, and they were running and literally sort of pulled their tail out. Um, I definitely think this is a trip to the veterinarian. I think an x-ray makes some sense. Um, probably certainly want to put him on pain relief and rest for a while. And, and I don't see as this is going to be a surgical thing. This is probably pain relief and rest. But those are the two big possibilities from my perspective. Thanks for the call. 774 says, Dr. Matt, I have an almost 10-month-old lab. I'm waiting until he's two years old to have him neutered. What are the benefits of waiting until then? Some suggest getting it done sooner. Right. The, the tradition always had been to do these dogs spay and neuter at six months. I think that probably relates back, you know, 70 years ago, 60, 50 years ago to probably the six-month-old had a better chance of surviving anesthesia. The the new, the new thing now is that we're using the same anesthetics that, uh, that you would get if you went to Mass General and had surgery. Um, so that's not the issue. So that topic has been looked at a couple of different times, a couple of different breeds, and it shows that dogs, if you go spay-neuter early, um, which is six months or earlier, late spay-neuter, which is in this case around a year, or no spay-neuter, the dogs that just live the longest, just if you look at just longevity, the late spay-neuter dogs do the best. But there's no one that's really studied two years. So, of course, that's why people do two years, because no one studied it. Um, so the recommendations, I, I'm not a huge fan of these things called consensus statements, but here's the consensus statement with regards to spay-neuter, is to spay or neuter your dog after skeletal maturity. So for a chihuahua, that might be six or seven months. For a Labrador, 10 to 12 months. For a English Mastiff, 18 to 24 months. So, so there's no real benefit of going to two years. Certainly, late spay-neuter for a Labrador would be any time around a year of age. All right, we're coming up on the break. Again, Dr. Matt Callahan of the Ipswich Animal Hospital is here. Uh, how can people reach you after, uh, after the show? Well, you can give my office a call at 978-948-8189. All right, very good. We'll be back. More of your calls and more of your texts for Dr. Matt, the vet, here on the Howie Carr Show. Don't go anywhere. From the Matthews Brothers Studios. We're back with Dr. Matt, the vet on the Howie Carr Show, and he's brought to you by Give, Send, Go. In a world where selective agendas prevail, Give, Send, Go stands as a beacon of hope. Whether you or someone you know requires funds for medical, legal, or pet bills, Give, Send, Go is here to help. They don't charge a fee. You decide how much to give, and every dollar goes directly to those in need. Join the global movement at GiveSendGo.com. Empower yourself and others to raise funds for what truly matters. Visit GiveSendGo.com now. That's GiveSendGo.com. 
And let's get back to the calls. Uh, Wayne, you're next with Dr. Matt the Vet on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Wayne. I have a uh, six-and-a-half-year-old black lab, and about uh, three or four months ago, I noticed a lump on his wrist. And a couple months later, I finally took him into the vet. <clears throat> they did an X-ray. And then they sent the x-ray to their radiology department, and the radiology department came up with uh, something that I hope I can pronounce correct, uh, stenosing tenosynovitis of the abductor pollicis longus. Okay. You did pretty well. Thank you. And um, my vet had basically said, uh, come back in six months and they'll do another x-ray, but if he comes up limping or lame... um, him in sooner yeah. so is, is this something he can live with uh i don't see his gait um being affected i don't really but i i try to watch him to see if he's you know favoring it right. i don't really see that yeah um, and you don't have him on any medication or anything like that is that correct no. okay no, yeah no. so you know tendosynovitis is just an inflammation of it's like tendonitis or um and so the the treatment is going to be dictated a little bit by the symptoms. So I guess they've worked out that it's not a, you know, a tumor of any type or something like that where you really have to go in and get it out. Um, If I don't think, and I again, this is the second time I've said this, I could be wrong on this, but if you really want a expert opinion, go ahead and get bumped up to an orthopedic surgeon. Orthopedic surgeons do not like to do surgery on dogs that are not lame, but you might get a little more information on it. My my advice for you right now, if you're comfortable with what your vet is telling you, and I think you probably should be, I would just follow it out. And if your dog, if your dog can exercise and run around without lameness, then the chances of anybody wanting to do anything goes way down. 860 says, Taylor, would Dr. Matt recommend having a real working border collie male neutered? Last one lost his get-up-and-go after the surgery. Well, it sort of depends on what you're after here. So I think that if your dog is healthy and you're happy with what he's doing, you do not have to neuter dogs. Um, Most behavioral problems, if you're not experiencing behavioral problems, that will get resolved by neutering. Um, If so, if you don't have any of those, you don't really have to neuter them. As we talked earlier about non-spay neuter dogs living slightly shorter, they have health problems that spayed and neutered dogs just don't have. So, but if you're happy with them and dogs are doing well with them, I'll tell you one of the biggest reasons I neuter dogs older the age of two or three is dogs, other dogs are not nice to that dog because now mm. there's turf to defend. So it's much less that the dog itself is being bad; it's that other dogs are being aggressive towards that dog. But if you're happy with them, there's no need to do it. Um, I can never promise that a dog's, you know, drive to to um, herd sheep or anything like that, that, that their drive is going to stay the same. So if you're comfortable leaving them intact, leave them intact. All right. 603 has an interesting looking question. Dr. Matt, I have a rescue I've had for three years. The rescue agency assured me that my name is in his microchip, but I can't get any of the local vets to verify the info for me on the chip. Help, Karens are gatekeeping my dog's microchip. What can I do to add my contact info to the chip? Yeah, you should probably address the chip representative directly. 
So there's relatively few manufacturers for chips, but there is a, but you will have a representative for your chip, and that can be Home Again, and there's a there's ten others, but you should contact them directly and say, "This is my dog. This is my chip number. I got him through a shelter," and they usually will transfer stuff over if they know, you know, you can prove that he's your dog. So, right. Um, but yeah, I would definitely do it. You can't do it through the shelter, really. You can't do it through the vet, really. You have to do it through the chip representative. I see. Okay, very good. Good to know. Um, Scotia, you're next on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Scotia. Hi. Well, first off, Happy New Year, Tyler and Dr. Matt. Happy um, New Year. I have, thank you. I have a 16-year-old cat that I adopted, and he does a my rate of problems, but he seems to be doing well. However... I got COVID um, a couple of days ago, right. and I've noticed that Norton's eyes are wicked watery, like just really tearing. Can, right. can, did I give my cat COVID? Oh, I don't think so. Um, some of these viruses can affect dogs and cats a little bit. I, they seem to be um, what are called dead-end hosts. I can't promise you for certain that he, you that you didn't do it, but it's unlikely that you did. And it's more likely that he has either just his own viruses just sort of recrudesced in his body or that he's allergic. He's got some, you know, pollen in his eyes or not pollen, but house dust or something like that. Thank you, Scotia. Johnny, you're next on the Howie Car Show with Dr. Matt, the vet. Go ahead, Johnny. Hey, first off, yeah, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Listen, I have a West Island Terry. He's 15 years old, fit as a fiddle. I mean, he's cognizant. He does well. He has um cataract in one eye. So his eyesight's not so great. Right. I, I, my question is, because he's always had kind of a wacky stomach. If you give him anything, introduce new, it doesn't take well to his stomach. Is there anything I could give him to, like, to, to maybe stave off his good eye from maybe getting worse? Because he's still really fit. I mean, every it mistakes him for a puppy because right. he gets so much exercise. Right. But so, so, yeah, the um, the um, that's the, the, there's there's a normal age-related change in his lenses, and quite often it's called a cataract, but it's kind of technically not. It's called nuclear sclerosis. Dogs start getting it when they're six, seven, or eight years old, and certainly it's a lot worse by the time they're 15. I'm assuming that's his quote-unquote good eye. Um, so there's I don't think there's anything per se that will prevent him from getting a cataract, um, you can have cataract surgery, which is extremely expensive, but we'll take the, you know, we'll take the, um, the opaque lens out. Um, there are some eye drops that you can put in that are supposed to, that have a, um, have a claim that they're going to slow down the rate of degeneration of the nuclear sclerosis eye, the good eye, but I can't promise that that works. Um, so if you wanted to to touch base, you would touch base with a veterinary ophthalmologist and say, hey, is there anything you can do for me? And if you've got an extra six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000 lying around, you can do surgery on his eye. All right, Johnny, thank you very much for the call. We've got uh, open lines now. If you'd like to call in 844-500-4242 and ask Dr. Matt your vet pet question. And Dr. Matt, again, how do people reach you? People can reach me at the Ipswich Animal Hospital at 978-948-8189. And you also have a website people can visit Ipswich, too, right? IpswichAnimalHospital.com. Now, are all the pictures on that website taken by you? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the website recently. <laughs> <laughs> you are a photographer, right? I am, yeah. 
Do you still go out? Yes, yeah, I try to go out as often as I can, and we haven't had very good weather, and so I haven't been out of the beach. I usually am out of the beach early in the morning. And we've so. got one of your photos, the, the snowy owl, uh, lying somewhere around, yeah. somewhere in the office. Yeah. Eight four. Can is there a place where people can go can go and check out your photography? Uh, Instagram images of Ipswich. Oh, yeah. very nice. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll follow you right now. <laughs> right. Okay, good deal. Eugene, you're next with Doctor Matt the Vet. Go ahead, Eugene. Hi, uh, <clears throat> I have a uh, nine year old uh, standard poodle, and uh, can I feed him uh, raw hamburg along with some dry dog food? Um, yeah, you can. Um, you need to be a little bit careful with it. Um, you know, I usually would recommend uh, freezing the hamburger and then taking it out, sawing it out, and then feeding it that way. Um, dogs manage meat pretty well. You want to start with relatively low amounts and then increase it a little bit if you want to. Um, dogs are basically meat eaters. They can eat other things. However, you don't want to that to become the majority of their dog food because it's an incomplete diet. So, but you can do it, sure. Anything okay. else, Eugene? Thank you very much. All right, thank you very much for the call. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. John, you're next on the Howie Car Show with Doctor Matt the Vet. Go ahead, John. Hi, Doctor Matt. Um, I'm calling because I'm calling. I have a two year old a Red Fox Lab, and it's a little embarrassing and gross, but he's had, like, anal gland problems. Yeah. And I've noticed that lately he's been, like, kind of, like, he hasn't, like, had the smell like it has been before, and he had doctors and it was an infection. Yeah. But he's been kind of, like, a lot of, like, scratching and lying back and kind of, like, rubbing and then trying to lick what he's went on his butts on. Yeah. I didn't know if this is something that um, I could do, like, uh, if I have to keep taking him to the vet. Uh, giving him like maybe a pumpkin kind of thing to help him because he's had a little like defecating. He he like does like more than once. Right. He's not struggling, but like I just I'm right. wondering if this is a larger condition, like is something I should be more concerned about. Okay. Or is something like um like a vet groomer or yeah. like I could do, or is this something a vet like would have to take care of? Yeah, most vets um, express their dogs an- the dogs anal gland or groomer does because the people are too grossed out to do it, which I completely understand. Um, however, if you went to your veterinarian and said, hey, can you show me how to do it? They'd be ha- almost every vet would be happy to show you how to do it. Um, certainly, uh, in many cases, here's what I kind of recommend when dogs have chronic anal gland problems is get their weight down if they're overweight. Um, there are definitely fiber supplements and probiotics. There's one called Glandex that people use. But I'm a big fan of adding fiber in the form of pumpkin to their diet. And so, um, yeah, you know, depending on the dog's size, you know, you can add a, you know, between, you know, a teaspoon and a tablespoon of, of canned pumpkin to each of their meals. And that will increase the bulk of their stool and help them express their anal glands. But for dogs that just ha- need their anal glands expressed every once in a while, go to your vet and say, could you please teach me how to do it? And I bu- virtually every vet would teach you how to do it. We give pumpkin to the chickens. Yeah. They like the pumpkin. Chickens are great. They turn almost anything into eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've had to have them cooped up for a while because there's been a hawk kind of cooped circling. up. No pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> there's been a hawk circling the area. You actually got a hold of one of them the other day, but yeah. uh, she'll she'll be all right, I think. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. Marilyn, you're next on the Howie Car Show with Doctor Matt the Vet. Go ahead, Marilyn. Um. Hi, Doctor Matt. Um. 
I have a an eight-year-old Yorkie, and in July she slipped and broke her knee and had to have her knee completely rebuilt. Sure. She still has the pins in it. Yep. At that time, the surgeon found that she had quite a bit of uh, arthritis yes. also mm-hmm. in that knee. So for a couple of months, I just thought, well, she's going to be healing. Well, a couple of months ago, she's still limping and favoring that leg. Right. And she has been brought back to the surgeon, and the surgeon said everything is in place. Right. So it's the arthritis. So I've been giving her one teaspoon of omega-3 oil daily and sea cucumber chews with chondroitin and glucosamine. And when she's in pain, which I can tell that when she's in pain, I give her meloxicam, 0.3 milligrams. My question, and she... She's still limp and is still favoring that leg. My question to you is, I've heard about Librella, L-I-B-R-E-L-L-A, a once a month shot. Well, I think think with regards to your dog's injury and your dog's knee repair, I would do as much um, physical therapy for your dog as possible. I think that's really where I would go at this point. Librella is certainly a new product, and it may work great for your dog or it may not. But for the many, many years up until this year, we've done, we've gone with exactly what you're doing. So meloxicam, omega-3 fatty acids, which are good, and a chondroitin MSM glucosamine supplement, all of which I recommend. But you really need to get this dog to use its leg and start to trust its leg. The problem with these guys is the, especially Yorkies are fantastic three-legged dogs. They almost don't care. So you need to start to get them to use it. So the, two, the three things I would do is I would start to get him swimming somewhere. Even if a Yorkie, you could just fill your bathtub with water and have him swim. Or you could bring him to a, phys- a veterinary physical therapy place, which is also fine. But you want to get him using that leg, walking him very slowly. I call it the funeral procession walk. You want to walk them very slowly. So they have to put that foot down for balance so they get used to using that leg and being pain-free on that leg. And then lastly is passive motion, which I think is great. When they're lying on the sofa at night, you're just sort of taking the leg and extending it and compressing it so that knee starts to flex and you can start to break up any um, any uh, scar from sur- surgical scars or anything like that. Um, these guys are pretty tough and can walk on knees with pretty significant arthritis. But right now, I think you need to do post-surgical therapy rather than new post-surgical drug. All right. Thank you very much, Marilyn. And we will be right back and finish up with Dr. Matt, the vet, the last appearance of Dr. Matt Callahan before the year 2024. We'll be right back. I'm Taylor Cormier. This is the Howie Car Show. The Howie Car Show. We'll be right back. Howie Car is back. Welcome back to the Howie Car Show. 
And this is our last segment with Dr. Matt Callahan for the evening. Maureen, you are next on the Howie Car Show. Go ahead, Maureen. Hi there, Matt. I'm just wondering, I have, I've always been a cat lover and always had cats in our lives. And after we lost our first one who was black and white, we went with two Hemi sisters and then two ragdoll sisters. Well, now I have two little short-haired and they're little as ever, nine and ten pounds is small for cats for me. They're, uh, what do you call it? We're we're short on time, Maureen. I need a question from you pretty quickly here. Okay, all right. My question is, they, I believe the two of them are deaf because okay. they don't hear, they don't react to a lot of things. Right. When I, yeah, so they're fine. I don't think they're just ignoring me. And how do you know for sure? Like, he'll chase her around. I'll say, don't you hear her crying? And I don't think he does. Okay. You know, yeah. Not. So a deafness is relatively uncommon in cats, unless there you know, there are some white cats, um, albino cats that are that are deaf. But deafness is relatively unusual. They may have bonded to each other at the at the exclusion of you. I mean, you definitely can check. You know, if you want to check as whether they can hear, if they're sitting around, go you know whack a pan with a wooden spoon and see if they react. If they react, they can hear. Cats um, are a lot like husbands. They've got selective hearing. Sometimes they miss out on a few things. Yeah. Right? All right, Dr. Matt, thanks so much. To Susan, Mary, and Noel, we'll get to your calls off the air. Dr. Matt is kind enough to stay after to answer your questions. Don't have them hanging on too long. See you next year.